Praise God, everybody. Amen. It's good to be here, and there's just nothing like good church. And I know you miss Brother and Sister O'Connell being here today, but it's good for them to have a little time to get away. And I can assure you that nothing would please them more than to know you're having good church. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It feels good in here today, man. I enjoyed the wonderful presence of the Lord. And you know, I don't have to tell you, but you are so blessed. Uh, Brother and Sister O'Connell at the helm, uh, leading this church and, and all the good things that's, um, that's happening here. Amen. Amen. Um, in my traveling around in different churches, uh, it's, uh, it's always an honor to me to be able to plug the pastor i don't tell you love you pastor and um, of course sister erica is so so special to us that's that's family and um, and i know the struggle that uh, physically that she's gone through but boy she just pushes on and man optimism what are you talking about and talent and you are blessed to have them as as your and I've been places that had great preachers but wasn't the best pastors and I've been places that had great pastors but wasn't the best preachers you're blessed boy you got both brother brother O'Connell can just uh, do whatever needs to be done praise God but but don't don't forget they they you you ever think about what what your pastor does he talks to God for men, talks to God for you, <laughs> and then he comes here and he talks to you for God. It's a critical link. Praise God. Praise God. Well, it just feels so good in here uh, today to enjoy the presence of the Lord. And I thought it's all these these good songs and and uh, man, when you think about where where we where we are living today, who knows. Uh, what tomorrow holds, but I know who holds tomorrow. Praise God. Praise God. I'm not going to sing. You guys can. Uh, um, I don't, I don't want to spring something on you here and uh, embarrass us all, but uh, uh, <laughs> I've heard people say, now y'all pray for me while I try to sing. <laughs> well, if you don't know by now, don't. Don't. <laughs> Don't start on us today. <laughs> oh, man. A lot of funny things happen in church, you know it. But it's been fun. And old brother, one old preacher said, I guess God intended for us to laugh. He'd give us a laugher. So I think church ought to be fun. I think it ought to be a good place. You know, when you when you look at all of the the emotions that, that, make, that, that we are made up of, uh, Church is a place you need to come laugh. It's a place you come cry sometimes. It's a place you come pray often. But but God's always there. Praise God, man! I feel a, I, I don't know. I have I have felt a, 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 an optimism about being here today. I am so honored, man. I, I thought this morning when I started over here, of all the people that Brother O'Connell could have called and could be standing here to minister to you today, and and uh, Hey, 
it's it's me. So I'm gonna I'm gonna share something with you today that uh, God has has laid on my heart. I hope I can get across to you like I feel in my in my spirit. Um, I'm gonna preach to you for a little while today. God cannot lie, and you're living in a day and an hour when <laughs> when they try to dress it up. And uh, well, it wasn't it, it wasn't a lie because they didn't intend to lie, you know. It it wasn't that, you know. And I heard one old fellow, they were really quizzing. He said, "Now you're not joshing me, are you?" He said, "Fella, if I tell you old rooster dip snuff, look under his wing. He's got a box." <laughs> well, let me tell you, God's got a better deal than that, because He cannot lie. Praise God, and I hope to 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 make you aware of that for for, for different reasons. I, uh, you know, <laughs> you you living in a world today. You got to think twice. You know, you got to ask again. Are you sure? You know, and and uh, I had to develop a, a policy at, at at work, and I said, Hey, let me tell you something. This is what I expect, and I will inspect. So I think. I think that's kind of, you know, God God said, hey, this this is the way it is, and I promise you. But but we get in those places sometimes where because it doesn't happen on a certain schedule or and, and we're not different, the, the Bible is replete with, uh, with those people that have, have decided that I guess God changed his mind or whatever, it's not going to happen and, and so on, but, but it will. In the book of Numbers, chapter 23, uh, if you will, please, uh, verse number 16. I'm going to read a few scriptures here today, and then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump into this and hope that God will help me to, to uh, communicate to you what I feel in my heart. The Lord met Balaam and put a word in his mouth and said, Go again unto Balak and say thus. And when he come to him, uh, behold, he stood in his burnt offering, and the princess of Moab with him. And Balak said unto him, What hath the Lord spoken? And he took up his parable and said, Rise up, Balak, and hear, hearken unto me, thou son of Zippor. God is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. Hath he said... And shall he not do it, or hath he spoken, and shall he not make it good? Luke chapter 1, verse number 31 said, And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb, and bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus. And then verse 34 said, Then Mary said unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. And behold, thy cousin Elizabeth, she hath also conceived a son in her old age. And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. The Bible said the promises of God are yea and amen. That means yes and let it be so. I believe 
the Word of God is infallible. One more scripture, Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 13. I love this. For when God made promise to Abraham because he could swear by no greater, he swear by himself, saying, Surely I will bless thee in multiplying, I will multiply thee. And so after he had patiently endured, he obtained the promise. For men verily swear by the greater, and by an oath for confirmation is to them an end of all strife. Wherein God willing more abundantly to show unto the heirs of promise the immutable uh, immutability of the counsel, he confirmed it with an oath, that by two immutable things in which it was impossible for God to lie, we might have a strong consolation who have uh, fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope set before us. God bless you. You can be seated. If you will notice carefully, you'll find that God promises uh, uh, often do not contain dates and times. He, he, he doesn't specifically use a calendar and say, I'm going to do this on a certain day. He just says, this is what I'm going to do, and this is what's going to happen, and uh, just trust me and, and walk on with me, and, and, and it shall come to pass. Uh, God leaves it to his own time and place and circumstances, but he will fulfill his promises because God cannot lie. God is never taken by surprise. Did, did you ever notice God never has a thought? Because he already knows it all. He, he, he never sits down here and said, now, now let me figure this out. He doesn't got it figured out. He knows what's happening. He, 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 he's got all of this stuff together. And so it never takes him by surprise. Uh, there is never a time when God just figures something out at the last minute. Uh, he never hits a panic button. He never breaks out in a sweat because he is from everlasting to everlasting. He knows it all. He just shows up because he's already knows where you are and knows what's going to take place. He's been there before you ever arrived. He knows what will happen in your life, this nation and the world within the next 10 years. We stand here scratching our head wondering, God, what is in our future? Where are we going from here? What's going to happen with all the political and, and economic things that's out? I don't know, but he does. He does. He already knows what 2018 holds before we ever get to the end of it, look back and say, that was 18. I'm glad today I'm trusting a God that His Word is sure and you can take it to the bank because God is not a man that He should lie and He is not the Son of Man that He should repent. I believe that God has a master plan. It probably involves you and me, but there's things about it that, that we are so oblivious to it. Yet it is happening as we speak, we just can't see it. You remember when, when God asked Abraham to offer Isaac as a burnt offering and a sacrifice to him. And then at the very last second, when Abraham had that knife drawn and ready to take his son's life, there was the voice of God that came and said, Hey, don't, don't touch that boy. 
Now I know. And he looked over there, and there was a ram caught in the thicket by its horns. Hey, I got news for you. That didn't just happen because God said, hey, I know you're going to be there. I know what I'm going to need. It's there because God said, hey, I can take care of this. I just want you to know that, that I'm in this with you. God already had a plan because he knew Abraham's going to show up here. God knew before Abraham and, and Isaac started up that mountain what was going to happen and, and that he needed a ram to go up the mountain to the exact spot because God had a place there. And a miracle is about to happen because God knows before the day is over today what's going to transpire. And he's already looked ahead of you and said, hey, this is going to be in place and it's going to be. Isn't it amazing that when Jesus got to the well, the woman was there. Or, or when, when she got there, he was there. You know what? He, he already had that plan. Nothing happened. He just knew she's going to be there. She's going to show up. So I'm, I, I can tell you today that there's a God that's got you in the palm of his hand that knows where you are and has made promises to you and God cannot lie. Hallelujah. I, I have preached about this so much and I love it and, and I guess every preacher preaches about it a lot but we have always preached so much about Abraham offering Isaac can I tell you today, it was never about Isaac. <laughs> it wasn't about Isaac. God didn't want Isaac. He didn't want Abraham to kill. It was about Abraham. <laughs> See, sometimes we look at this thing all skewed. It's, that's not what it's about. God looks at it differently. <laughs> he said, I want you to offer Isaac. You want what? You want Isaac? I don't know how your, your pastor preaches this. I know how his father in law. Because <laughs> we spend a lot of time on the phone together. But when when you look at at at, at how long it took to get Isaac here and all of the stuff that happened and Hagar and all of this kind of stuff. You see, the Bible is an interesting book. The Bible says Abraham was a friend of God. And if you'll read in the 11th chapter of the book of Hebrews, the Bible said that Abraham staggered not at the promises of God. <laughs> I asked my brother Dennis the other day, I said, how do you square this with Hagar? If Abraham didn't doubt, if Abraham didn't question, now, now wait a minute, God, I know you said this, but now maybe we missed it somewhere. I don't think Abraham accused God of lying. I think he just put it on himself and said, maybe I misunderstood. Maybe I got it wrong. No, nah, nah, you didn't get it wrong. But see, in the end, when, when, when you look at it and God looks beyond all that and said, Hey, let me tell you about Abraham. He is my friend. Now, going through all of that ordeal when Isaac finally gets here. And can you imagine? And boy, I, I, I can't stay here long because I'd be here way too long. 
with what, what I really would like to tell you about Abraham. And there's another side to this that never gets talked about, and that's about Sarah. <laughs> Think about this. You don't just walk up to a 90-year-old woman and just hand her a baby for her to take care of much less for her to conceive and to carry that baby for, 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 for that nine months. And then, now, God had something going on with Sarah's body a long time before word ever came. But now Isaac gets here. And can you imagine how excited Abraham is and, and watching that boy grow up and everything? And if you read through the Bible, it sounds like that God spoke to Abraham and said, Abraham, I want you to offer Isaac as a sacrifice, as a burnt offering to me. And it looks like just from reading through verse after verse that Abraham said, okay, not a problem, we'll go. And so he gets the guys together and gets all the stuff together and gets Isaac and said, hey, son, we're going to go here and worship. I got a feeling that there's some pauses between those verses that you don't see. I got a feeling that there's an old guy that's wrestling with it and said, now, wait a minute, God, let's talk about this. As long as it took to get him here, and now you want me to offer him as a burnt offering? Something, something not right, God. <laughs> I told you, it's not about Isaac. It's about Abraham. It's about getting him to the place where you can trust God with it. Somewhere in this world, we're going to have to get to the place that we can trust God with our lives, with our soul, with our family, with our kids, with our grandkids. Let me tell you something, friend. Sometimes you're going to feel so helpless because you can't do anything for your sick kid. What else are you going to do? You're going to trust God. And I wonder if sometimes some of those ordeals I've been through, if all the time now I look back and say, it wasn't about your kid. It wasn't about your grandkid. It's about, it's God getting me to surrender and submit and say, hey, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. But I can promise you one thing. His promises are true because God cannot lie. Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> there is something about young women and it is in aid in them because of the way God set this thing up. Their desire to be a mother. Paul wrote to Timothy and he said, I will therefore. It's the will of God. It's okay that the younger women marry, bear children, guide the house. Give none offense to the adversary to, to, to speak reproachfully. It's okay. But then sometimes when that just doesn't seem like it's going to happen, it's it's tough, and they don't understand, and nothing seems to, seems to work. I remember my daughter thought she would never have a child, and uh, years went by, 
and she talked to the doctor, and the doctor done tests and stuff. And finally, one day, he just sat with her, and he said, Cindy, I don't think you're ever going to have a baby. And she said, why? He said, I don't know, but I just don't think it's ever going to work. She was devastated. She thought about adoption. She thought about fertility drugs. She thought, I sat with her as her daddy and as her pastor. And she had all these papers working. And we looked through that. And I know how her heart was being crushed and how it was being broken. And, and I said, Cindy, I know it's biblical. I know it's, I know it's the promise of God. I, I, I know that's in there. But I don't, I don't know. But I'm scared to death of some of this stuff you're looking at here. Because when you look at the side effects and stuff, I said, you talk about tough as your daddy and, and a pastor look at your own child and say, honey, you're just going to have to trust God. But I believe God is going to make a way. And I'll never forget it. A few years later, we had moved to Russellville, or we had moved to Conway. They would moved to Russellville. And Cindy had gotten out of her job and hadn't been able to Land a new job, and and uh, I guess out from under that stress and all of that stuff, and I will never forget, Brother Dennis and Sister Susan were off at some conference or somewhere, and my wife and I were down there taking care of their church, and we was at their house, and uh, Sister Spears was there and some and the phone rang and Cindy said dad is mom with you and I said yeah and she said let me talk to her and I knew there was something in her voice that something wasn't right and she handed that phone to her mom and she said mom I did a pregnancy test and it showed positive she said well good and she said Maybe I'll do it, just do it again. She said, I did, and it's positive too. <laughs> Boy, my wife was so excited, and she was afraid to say anything to somebody else in, the, in their house. And so she said, I'll call you back in a little while. <laughs> Needless to say, in a little while, a few months, here comes Michaela. And then Gentry came along after that. <laughs> Two wonderful grandkids. <laughs> I laughed at them. They were by the house the other night, and they were having to go to church for music practice. And Michaela was mad at Gentry because he's running late. And when they left, I thought they were going to kill each other. But Michaela had already eaten. Gentry didn't have time to eat. And my wife had cooked for them and everything. And so, <clears throat> don't worry, Grandma. We, we'll, I'll come by after church or after practice. And so I text Michaela. <laughs> and I said, come back by. Mama made some brownies. She said, be there. <laughs> so in a little while, two grandkids had left fighting. I was scared for their life. <laughs> hey, it's all gone now, so music practice was a good deal. They're great kids, but they're mine, you know. But you know what? I watched that mom go through those periods of time, and she thought, why me? God's just 
forgotten all about me. Why is it that, that, that it works everywhere else? But, you know, sometimes, friend, that comes zeroing in on you like a bulldozer and said, why am I in the path? Why is it me? I don't know. It's probably just something in the will of God that said, hey, just trust me. I won't lie to you. I'm not going to let you down. I'm going to see you through. It's all going to be okay because God cannot lie. Man. And Timothy wrote to Titus, and he said, I would that the older women teach the younger women to be sober, to love their husbands, to love their children, and so on and so on. So isn't it amazing how the Bible got this all set up? Hallelujah. So older women, <laughs> usually they're not having babies. Their grandmas now, and they're teaching younger women how to, how to do this. But I ran across something here that I want to I share with you. Am I going too long? I don't know what time what time y'all use. You don't leave by 12, do you? If you do, I'm fixing to be here by myself. So let me, <laughs> so let, let me hurry. Uh, I won't be long. Will you give me just five minutes? Uh, with the 15 God gave me, that's, that's 20, so. But I read a scripture to you a while ago, and it said the angel said to Mary, you know, when the angel came and announces to Mary that she's going to have a baby, and Mary said, no, wait, 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 you got something mixed up. How is it I'm going to have a baby when I've never known a man? Hey, Mary, it's okay, but that which is conceived in thee is of the Holy Ghost. By the way, Mary, <laughs> your, your cousin Elizabeth, Elizabeth, she's old. <laughs> but guess what? <laughs> she has also conceived in her old age. And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. <laughs> and Mary said, I got to go see her. And Mary runs off to see Elizabeth and to talk to her and tell her what had happened. And to learn what had happened. But I want you to notice something. Elizabeth had never had children. And so now she is in her later years. And the story is often told that Elizabeth was barren. The Bible said that, didn't it? Did it? <laughs> no. The Bible said she was called barren. She wasn't barren because it just wasn't God's time. <laughs> and sometimes we mistake what God's doing and what He's waiting on and I just don't understand. But I promise you, God's got a plan. And so that woman you call barren, she's not barren. It's just waiting for God's time. And when God's time gets here, God cannot lie. And Elizabeth is going to shock the world and have a baby called John. Oh, man. She was not barren. But by divine providence of waiting on God's time, 
She wasn't barren because God had a greater miracle in store. But in God's time, it all came to pass. Hallelujah. I've come to preach to you today. Don't give up on the promises of God. I don't know who I'm preaching. I don't know anything about your life, what's going on. I just know what I feel in my spirit and in my heart today. But I've come to tell you today, don't give up on the promises of God. There very well may be a miracle taking place right in your own life that you don't have a clue what's going on. And in fact, you think God's forgotten all about it. I guess I just missed it somewhere. I guess I had my hopes on something that that just was never going to mature. Hang on, because God cannot lie. And if that was a promise from God, it will come to pass. Hear me today. God hasn't forgotten you. He knows your discouragement. He knows your frustration. But he sent me here today to tell you he loves you. He hasn't forgotten you. I want to share one other thing with you that's been really, really exciting to me. You know, I have such a... Wonderful heritage. As a kid, I don't ever remember our days coming to a close that mom and dad and all the kids weren't gathered together in that old living room and dad would say to one of us kids, now get that book over there and read a few chapters. <laughs> and one of us would pick up that old Bible and, and read till Dad thought that was enough. It might be one chapter, it might be five. And then down on our knees beside that old couch or chair or whatever in a time of family prayer. <laughs> Remember my dad just pounding the word that, my dad lived the Bible as much as any man I ever knew. I know he read it through from cover to cover every year for over 60 years. And when mom first came down with Parkinson's to the degree that dad couldn't be gone much and they didn't have an aide at that time, sometimes dad would read the Bible through three times a year for two or three years. That's all he did. He didn't have a computer. He didn't have a TV. He didn't have nothing but about 15 hives of bees. And sometimes he'd take his Bible in his old chair and sit out there with them bees are buzzing around his head reading that Bible for hours at a time. But man, so much of that in here. And it's just, just that, that's, that was just the common stuff. So, so my point is, sometimes you get to the point and you think, man, I've read this and I've read this and I've read this. And then all of a sudden, Boom. In Genesis 1 and 1, the Bible starts off and it says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Everybody know that? Yeah, that's, that's pretty, pretty common knowledge. The earth was without form and void and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters and God said, let there be light. And there was light. Right? Everybody with me? 
and God saw that the light was good, and so he divided the light from the darkness, and, and he called the light day, and the darkness he called night, and the evening and the morning were the first day. And then God looked at that, and he said, uh, now, let, let's sort some of this stuff out, and he said, let there be a firmament. I want you to notice, God said, let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters. And he divided the waters from the waters. And God made the firmament, and he divided the waters which were under the firmament and the waters which were above the firmament, and it was so. And God called the firmament heaven and the evening and the morning with the second day. Now. I can, in my mind, just hear the thunderous voice of God. I don't, I don't know about you, but I can't picture God in a little squeaky voice said, Let there be light. <laughs> that, that just doesn't have the right ring as to what I conceive. God spoke, but I hear that deep thunderous voice, and God said, Let there be light. And the light come on. And let there be the firmament. And there it was. And let there be God just speaking worlds into existence. But if you read down a little bit further after he gets through doing all of that stuff. The Bible said, and, and it's a very misunderstood verse. And I, I don't have time to go through a oneness discourse with you here, but. In 26, he said, let us make man in our image, in our likeness. And some say that's God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost getting together and saying, let's make man. No, 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 no. The Bible said God, after the counsel of his own will. So God said, now, let's see here. Yeah, I know. Let us make man. But I want you to notice something different. In chapter 2 and verse 7 tells you these specific words. God never stepped out there and he said, let there be man. But you know what he did? The Bible said God came down and got his hands dirty. And instead of speaking man into existence, the Bible said he formed man from the dust of the earth. I don't know if that resonates with you, but it sure did me when I realized that the great God of heaven that, that said, let there be light and let there be firmament and let there be this. But God said, no, nah, I want my own touch on man because he's going to be in my image and my likeness. And God formed man from the dust of the earth. Why are you saying that? I'm simply trying to get you to understand how much God loves you. To get you to understand that God could have thrown his chest back and reared back and said, Oh, let there be men on the earth. But he didn't do that. He put his own special touch on men. And he formed them exactly like he wanted him to be. And he didn't just form him. After he formed him, you know what he did? He filled him. He breathed into man's nostrils. The Bible said the breath of life and man became 
a living soul. So you got you to gotta get this picture. Here is the great, powerful, almighty God that's been speaking worlds into existence and, and told the sun, hey, I want you to hang up here in the moon and the stars and up all this stuff. You, you guys just take your place. <laughs> and it just happens. But then God became so personal, if I can use that word, involved. He said, no, 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 this, this changes everything. We're not talking anymore. We're doing. And God created somebody. And then he said, "My, once I have created that, then he breathed into the nostrils of man the breath of life. And man, what I'm telling you is when God formed him, then he filled him. And from that time on, it's been the desire of God to walk with man, to have fellowship. He loves you, friend, because he made you in his likeness. He filled you with his spirit. He but be eternal breath in your soul. Oh. When I think about all of the wondrous things that God has done, and He has done that to make you so special. Let's stand. God's not going to lie. He cannot lie. <laughs> I, you know, I guess God knew. Well, let me scratch that. I don't have to guess. <laughs> but God knew that man was going to become so, so perverted and, and so messed up that there'd, there'd be a time that Evil men and seducers would wax worse and worse. I guess that's the best way I can tell you. And so God set out the example. And when he made covenant with Abraham, he said, <laughs> Abraham, we need to get this notarized. <laughs> we need to go down to the, to the courthouse. So, so, Eli, ain't nobody else around. And so because God could swear by no greater, and the Bible said that by two immutable things, you can't dispute them, you can't quiet them, there, there is no way. So God Almighty himself said by two immutable things, in the first place, it was impossible for God to lie. So if God told Abraham, this is what I'm going to do, that would have been enough. But God said, no, 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 I want you to know because I will confirm it to you with an oath. And because he could swear by no greater, he swore by himself. Hey, friend, can I tell you today, you're serving a God that has sworn to you that his word is true and he cannot lie. And some of these days the trump's going to sound and the dead will be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed. You know why? Because death cannot kill what will not die. And when God breathed into man, he became an eternal soul. And the ultimate thing at the end of all of this is going to be that man's going to be reunited with God from the plan that God had in the very beginning.
Because God cannot lie. I don't know who I preached to here today. don't know anything about what's going on in your life, but I felt something in my room this morning before I left. I feel like I'm preaching to somebody here today that been through some things you don't, you don't understand. It doesn't make sense, and you wonder where God is, and God promised this, and he promised that. I just come to tell you that trust him. Trust him. Job said, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. And there's a lot of debate about what happened when Job's wife said, why don't you curse God and die? My personal feeling is that word she used there for curse, the Bible uses curse, is not like we usually think of curse. But it was a, it was a desperation. It was, it, why, why don't you just say, just, just tell God it's enough. Can't take it anymore. And Job said, no, 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 you speak like one of the foolish. Though he slay me, yet will I trust him. Though the skin worms devour this body, yet in my flesh will see God. For I know my Redeemer liveth, and he shall stand at the latter day upon the earth, whom I shall see for myself and not another. Job believed that God cannot And then he went on to say, though he has tried me, yet I shall come forth as gold. You walk through the valley of the shadow of death. You're going to be through sickness and disease and sorrow and suffering. It's not because God doesn't like it. It's because you live in a world that those things exist. And God could put you in a little sterile cubicle and just carry you around like that. But if he did, as the old song said, you'd never learn to trust him. But he said, through it all, I've learned to trust in Jesus. Through it all, I've learned to trust in God. For if I'd never had a problem, I wouldn't know he could solve them. But I want to give you an opportunity to reach out today. If you want to come down to the front here and pray, you want to come and seek him for a few minutes here today, man, we are in this place to help you and try to minister to you. But I promise you today, God's word's true. God's promises cannot fail. They will not fail. But if you will hold on, if you will trust Him, it's going to be okay. You'll be going to be okay. But nobody can stand here today and tell you how it's going to turn out, how it's going to be. We don't know, but we just know we're going to trust Him. Would you slip up a hand today? Let's call out to Him, Lord Jesus, today. We're trusting you. We're believing you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Let your spirit flow in this place today. Minister to every person in this building today. Those that discourage, despondent, that hurt, that just don't understand what's going on, God. I'm asking you. I'm believing you today for the touch of God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Glory to your name, glory to your name. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. We have heard an